Good morning. Well, we all made it through Thanksgiving. I guess everybody had plenty to eat, so we're glad y'all back with us this morning. I've got a few announcements. So if you're visiting with us this morning, good to have you this morning. Glad you got up and come to be with us. If, uh, if you need the restrooms, it's out the back down the hall on the left. If you have children and you want to go down after the children's go to their class, you're welcome to go down there. And it's straight down the hall all the way through into the uh, Children's uh, Worship Center. So good to have each of you here this morning. If you are visiting, if you would, there's a blue card in front of you. If you would fill that out and turn that in so we'd have some information and uh, get back with you on that. So... Also, Monday, we're going to be serving at Grace Place, and there's a sign-up sheet outside. If you're able to come, it's going to be from 11 till 1, and that'll be the serving the lunch at Grace Place. And that'll be this. That'll be tomorrow on the 29th. Uh, Wednesday, December the 1st, we've got the Bible study with uh, Brother Carvin. He'll be here for the Bible study. And uh, next Sunday, uh, Scott Lamb will be back with us Sunday. We appreciate that. Also, on December the 10th uh, at 6 p.m., the uh, youth Christmas party will be here at the church. And again, that's on December the 10th. As you can see, we've got our new trees up this morning. The ladies uh, got to decorate new trees this year. They're a little bit slimmer than the other trees, but they sure are pretty. So, thank God for this season. Uh, I think that's all the announcements. We do have our Christmas together, the meditation journals. They're outside on the table, so if you haven't got one, you can pick one of those up when you start to leave. So they're outside on the, to the left on the table. You can pick those up. I'm going to read. I'm going to try to do this off my phone, which is, might not be good. I have brought you into the kingdom for such a time as this, that you might grow in exceedingly and abundantly beyond all that you can imagine. My work is being developed and demonstrated in and through you. Strengthen yourself. Understand that in this season, I will make myself known to you in ways that you have not known before. So allow your faith to soar. This is a time when my people can arise to the position of demonstrating demonstration of faith in powerful ways. In the world, darkness abounds. But I have called you to walk in light and in truth. Allow me to bring light where there is darkness and truth where there is error. Do not deviate from that path. I will show you the way that produces life. John 12:46. I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank You for this day that You've given us. We thank You for the love and the blessings of life that You've given to each of us. Thank You for each one here this morning, Lord, and we just ask that You be with us. Bring us closer to You, Lord, and be, be with Scott as he brings the service message this morning. We ask this in Your name. Amen. To me, there's just nothing like music. And this song says, he started the whole world singing a song. Why don't you stand with us as we join together, beginning our service this morning.
may be seated. For Christians, Advent is a season of waiting and reflecting on preparing our hearts and homes. It is a time to remember what the true meaning of Jesus' birth is. Advent is a season of anticipation when we recognize the waiting that the people of Israel endured. Today, we light our first Advent candle. It is the candle of hope. When our hope is in Christ, we can rest in knowing that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. When our hope is in Christ, we can walk through the valley of the shadow of death, fearing no evil, for God is with us. When our hope is in Christ, we look to the hills from whence our help comes. Our help comes from the Lord. As we light our candle of hope, we lift our hands in praise. Jesus Christ is our helper, our keeper, our living hope. Hope of all hopes, dream of all dreams. A child is born, sweet breath, a son is given to us, a living gift. And even now, with tiny features and dewy hair, he is great. The power of leadership will rest on his shoulders. His name? His name we'll know in many ways. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Dear Father Everlasting, Ever-Present, Never-Failing, Master of Wholeness, Prince of Peace. His leadership will bring such prosperity as you've never seen before, sustainable peace for all time. This child, God's promise to David, a throne forever among us to ensure sound leadership that cannot be perverted or shaken. He will ensure justice without fail and absolute equity, always. The intense passion of the eternal commander of heavenly armies will carry this to completion. Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. We thank you, God, for loving us and sending us your son that we might be saved. Father, we are forever grateful. If you're able, stand with us again as we sing this beautiful carol, Child in the Manger. So nice to begin our Christmas season and begin to sing some of our beautiful carols that are not sung but once a year. Let's enjoy this together. she has stored for you this morning. Again, it's good to have everybody here this morning. Back from some of you were on the road traveling, and thank God for the traveling mercies that uh, He's given to each of us that we're on the road. Uh, we've got a, some prayer requests this morning, 
as you can see, uh, Dale was filling in for Mar Marlon this morning. Dale, thank you for for doing that. Uh, Marlon is uh, he's sort of under the weather this morning, so just remember him in your prayer. Casey Reagan, uh, he's been dealing with the COVID and he's got pre pneumonia, and so just remember him. Uh, Alton Cooper, Linda. Welch's uh, father, and I hadn't heard uh, the newest update. What? Any? Sir? Okay. All right, Jerry Crane. He's still uh, he's still at home. So just remember him, Marie and Hun Marie and L B Honeycutt. Uh, remember to uh, pray for the Morgan family. And uh, our, those are traveling. Our missionaries, the lost, pray for our shut-ins, the one that's not able to get out. And if you can, if you got time, give them a call from time to time. They miss uh, they miss being able to come to church and being here with with us. So just remember them, please. And Ken McConnell just wanted everybody to know Ken really got a good report when he went back to the doctor. You know, they did not give him six months when he started his cancer treatment. And so he's doing really, really well. So thank you. He wanted everybody to know thank you for the prayers and just continue to pray for him. Uh, I sort of update you on Meredith's mom. Her kidney started shutting down yesterday, so it does not look good. So. Pray for that family. And uh, Scott, we appreciate you uh, being with us this morning. If you would, I'm going to let you come up and uh, do a prayer. And thank again each of you being here this morning with us. Thank you, Scott. Dear God, we're thankful for your grace to us. As uh, we saw during the Advent, the lighting of the candle, God, we have our hope in you. Uh, this is a hope that the world doesn't know about unless they've experienced you. And God, we place our, our trust in you and our hope in you, and it's not something that disappoints, but it's something that we can depend on. And God, uh, all these prayer requests that were read already, God, we were in our hearts agreeing together with them, but now we just bring them to you. God, we approach the throne of grace. And you tell us we can do that. God, we're thankful for the ability to be able to pray to you, for to be able to come directly to you. God, we know that in prayer, there's nothing that's impossible. If it's possible with God, it's possible through prayer. And God, we come to you today in prayer, believing and trusting you to take care of these things. God, we just uh, we love you. We're thankful for how you care for us and how you want us to just ask. And God, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Man, don't you love the decorations? That's good. I appreciate uh, those who uh, spent the time to decorate the, the sanctuary. It's really pretty. I love Christmas, don't you? It's a, it's a great time, great time of the year. It's just a, a special time. It's, it's that important scene in God's production of life and time where Jesus enters the scene in the flesh. And uh, I, wow. It's such an important one, and we're going to get into that. I'm thankful for the Advent season. Uh, a few weeks ago, I asked Sister Carolyn if the church would be participating in uh, any Advent recognition during the services, and I was glad to hear that it was being planned. And I'm thankful for those who will participate in it, for Dale and Charlotte this morning being part of it. It's just a special time, and I'm glad that, uh, that we do that. Now, for many years, the CWC, or the WCG it used to be called a bunch of years ago, for years and years, they've um, helped us, congregations, to be able to worship together in the Advent time and in the Christ's birthday celebration. So I'm thankful for them for doing that. And she, um, it was mentioned earlier about the little 
uh, program that they've published and put out for, for us to be able to use and just be able to um, celebrate Christ's birthday during this season. You see that their theme that they've chosen for this year is from Luke chapter 2, verse 10. Christmas together for all the people. Christmas together for all the people. Luke 2.10 says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. So here's the theme that's based on that. And during this Advent season, the CWC has chosen a theme for each week with a tagline, I guess you could call it, to go along with it. And this first week's theme, as we saw from Dale and Charlotte, is hope. Hope. And the tagline that goes along with that is seek together. Seek together. So that goes, ties it all nicely together with this Christmas together theme. So this morning, it's seek together. Hope. Are you ready to seek it together this morning? I hope so. No. <laughs> Did you catch that? Well, okay, all right. <laughs> all right, without raising your hands... I wonder if any here this morning have bought lottery tickets in hopes of a big payout. All right? <laughs> Set you up there, didn't I? Especially one of those big Powerball jackpots. A few, few years ago, you might remember the, the jackpot reached 1.5 billion. That's b, b with a B. Billion. 1.5 billion dollars. And a lot of people got wide-eyed and went to the their store and bought tickets with the hopes of cashing in on that big prize. The um, doesn't hurt to dream, I guess. But don't we so often place our hope in things that disappoint? This will not be a sermon to explore gambling. <laughs> the topic of gambling, but it did get me thinking about what people put their hope in. Have you ever ended up being disappointed in something that you'd placed your hope in? If we took the time today, we'd probably all have some stories to tell about hope and the disappointments that came along with it. Hope is the feeling that what is desired is possible and that events may turn out for the best. Or so says the dictionary. But the biblical concept of hope is much richer than this definition. The hope the Bible speaks of is rooted in putting our hope in the Word of God. Psalm 130 verse 5 says, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits and in His Word I put my hope. In His Word. In His Word. We can trust His Word. Unlike depending on the Word of some others, weathermen for example, we can trust the Word of the Lord. And in it we can put our hope. Humans have definitions of hope that are different from God's. We might hope that our team wins the Super Bowl. Or we might hope that our candidate wins the presidency. Or we might hope that we don't lose our job or that we don't lose our house or that we don't lose our 401k. But the biblical definition of hope is not a hope so, but a no so. K-N-O-W. A no so. Our hope in God is surer than the sun rising in the morning. The word hope in English often conveys doubt. You know what I mean? For instance, I hope it won't rain tomorrow. I hope it won't freeze this week. Also, the word hope is often followed by the word so. This is the answer that some may give when asked if they think they'll go to heaven when they die. They say, I hope so. But this isn't the meaning of hope that we read in the Bible. It has the meaning of confidence and being without care. And the concept of doubt is not part of the word hope. Biblical hope is a confident expectation or assurance based on a sure foundation. 
That was good, wasn't it? Let me read that again. Biblical hope is a confident expectation or assurance based on a sure foundation. There is no doubt about it. Reminds me of the story of David when facing Goliath. Remember that? Where was David's hope? David's hope was in the Lord. David's hope was in the Lord that he would deliver Goliath into his hands. He trusted in God and was confident in his hope. Biblical hope is a reality, not a feeling. Remember the definition I read from the dictionary? Hope is the feeling that what is desired is possible. Biblical hope is a reality, not a feeling. It carries no doubt. Biblical hope is a sure foundation upon which we base our lives, believing that God always keeps His promises. Believing that God always keeps His promises. So our topic this morning is seeking hope. Where do we get our hope? We live in a world where it seems that hopelessness abounds. According to suicide.org, this is just some facts I got from that, the quote is, many people die by suicide because depression is triggered by several life experiences and the person does not receive effective treatment. And then it goes on to list several negative life experiences that contribute to depression that could lead to suicide, including the death of a loved one, divorce or breakup of a relationship, losing custody of children, feeling trapped in a situation, feeling helpless, an inability to deal with a perceived failure, among others. There was a long list. But high on this list that was on this website was listed loss of hope. Loss of hope. A reason that would contribute to depression that would eventually lead to someone taking their own life. Loss of hope. Can you guess what the treatment for hopelessness is? Hope. 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 But the remedy is not the feeling of hope like the world describes it, like the definition describes it. The real remedy, the true remedy, is the hope we have in Christ. The hope we have in Christ. God gives hope to the hopeless. And guess what? We're all hopeless without God. We're all hopeless without Christ. Hope. This is something that the world has been searching for because of how vital it is for our survival. I found this from a couple doctors. Dr. Dale Archer said, If I could find a way to package and dispense hope, I would have a pill more powerful than any antidepressant on the market. Hope is often the only thing between man and the abyss. As long as a patient, individual, or victim has hope, they can recover from anything and everything. End quote. Dr. Archer's conclusion was the same as a doctor named Dr. Wolf. His research into those who survived as POWs in Japan during World War II showed this. He said, Those who survived and remained relatively unaffected all had a high degree of hope. His conclusion was that a person can handle almost anything when that person has hope. So based on the testimonies of these doctors, it appears that having hope highly increases your chances of getting through adversity. Does that make sense? If you have hope, you have something to hold on to. That highly increases your chances of getting through that thing. But ultimately, it matters most in what or in whom you place your hope, right? Because as we've seen, a lot of things we place our hope in can disappoint us, can fail, can fail us. The psalmist has a lot to say about hope. Here's one from Psalm 42, 5. Why are you in despair, O my soul? 
I think the psalmist talks to himself a lot, doesn't he? And he, he uh, reflects on things inside. And he's, he's talking to his soul. He said, Why are you in despair, O my soul? And why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him for the help of His presence. It matters in whom we place our hope. Our God is a God of hope. Amen? Amen. An awesome scripture that I hope will sink into you this morning, and one I guess we're going to consider our key scripture this morning, is found in Romans 15.3. It's great. Romans 15.3. Maybe you can read along with me. I think it's also printed in the bulletin, if you didn't bring your sword with you. No, I'm sorry, 15.13, Romans 15.13. Now may the God of hope, there it is right there, our God is a God of hope. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Pastor Rick Warren created an acrostic that has helped people put their trust in God. Hope, H-O-P-E. Holding on, praying expectantly. Holding on, praying expectantly. Hope. Hope. Christian hope is when God has promised that something is going to happen and you put your trust in that promise. Christian hope is a confidence that something will come to pass because God has promised it will come to pass. Are you following me? God's Word is full of promises that we can depend on and place our hope in. We have in Him a redemptive hope. I'm going to go through some scriptures real quick here. You can jot them down if you want. Psalm 130, verse 7. Put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with Him is full redemption. Redemption. We have redemptive hope in God. A courageous hope. Psalm 31, 24. Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. So we have a hope that builds courage in us, in God. We have in Him a hope that brings strength. You'll recognize this one, Isaiah 40, 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So we haven't got a hope that brings strength. And one more. We have a future hope. A future hope in God. I know you'll recognize this one. Jeremiah 29, 11. Someone can probably quote it. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope. To give you hope and a future. And a future. Where is our hope found? In the Word of God. Our hope is found in the Word of God. Psalm 119.4 says, I have put my hope in your word. Believing what God says will happen, will happen. Here is real hope. There's nothing on this earth more certain than hope in God. Now what did I just say? Nothing more certain than hope. Aren't those things on two ends of a spectrum? Hope and certainty? It seems like they would be but not hope in God. We can have certainty in Him. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He is our anchor in the present and in the future to come. We can place our hope in Him. I'm going to read Psalm 33, 18-22. So that's several verses. If you want to follow along, you can. Psalm 33, 18 through 22. 
Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear Him, on those whose hope for His loving kindness, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. You see what He's hoping for? He's saying that His hope for life, for being delivered from death, His hope is in who? Is in God. I'm going to read it again. Some of you just caught up to me. Verse 18, Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear Him, on those who hope for His loving kindness, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield, for our heart rejoices in Him because we trust in His holy name. Let Your loving kindness, O Lord, be upon us according as we have hoped in You. He's saying, let your loving kindness be on us according to how we hope in you. We hope in Him. He's pouring His loving kindness on us. Are you hoping in the Lord? Are you placing your hope in the Lord today? There was a song I was thinking of over Thanksgiving. You know, uh, we were challenged in circles to think about things we're thankful for. And a song came to my mind. Uh, it says, Remember the chains. Remember the place you were without grace. Remember your chains and remember the chains are gone. I was thinking about this song during Thanksgiving and it brought to mind something to truly be thankful for. Is I remember my chains and then I remember in Jesus my chains are gone. If I remember my chains, if I remember where I was before grace, what is that place I'm remembering? It's a place of hopelessness. It's a place of hopelessness. But in Christ, He brings hope to my life. And that's something to be thankful for. Where is our hope? Another song, a hymn actually, I'm sure one you'll be familiar with, tells us where the songwriter finds his hope. The line goes, My hope is built on nothing less Than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, But wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. You remember that one? Thanks for singing along with me. I don't want to be the only one. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. My hope is found not in any righteousness I can try to make up for myself. No matter how hard I try, I'm helpless. I'm hopeless if I'm depending on my own efforts of gaining righteousness. Isaiah 64, 6 says that all, all our righteous deeds are like what? Like filthy rags. I'm made right with God only by what Jesus did for me. Only by His blood and His righteousness. My hope is in Him. And what He did for me. I can't hope that I'll be a good enough person. That my good is going to outweigh my bad. I can't hope that God's mercy will somehow overlook my unrighteousness. Or that my self-righteousness will, will suffice. I can't place my hope that I'll get a pass because of my family heritage. Or because I served in some function at church. Or because I donated to some good charity. My hope is in Christ alone. Have you ever thought about the sweetest frame that the songwriter talks about in that line? I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. What, what is this? What's this sweetest frame? Now I'm not sure exactly what he meant by it, but... In my way of thinking about it, I think a frame as like the framework of a building. You've seen it, haven't you? Like when a house is going up, when you see the sticks, the studs, the framework, 
the lumber forming the frame of the building. You've probably even heard someone say, they're framing it up, right? The frame, the frame of that building is the basic structure before everything else goes on it and in it and around it. In life, perhaps this is what he meant, the frame refers to a worldview or the system of beliefs by which one lives a life. That frame by which one lives a life, a worldview. It seems that the sweetest frame, as he calls it, may be referring to a description of a way of life that looks appealing to you. A way of life that looks good. It's kind of like what we talked about last week and when we talked about, ah, this is the life. Remember we talked about how we could have certain things about this life would be the way we would picture it would be perfect for us. We would work hard and try to, to make it just that right, just that way, make our life that way. Only to find out that it's just a sandcastle that crumbles around us. The sweetest frame is a philosophy of living that is appealing to the eye, but like we saw last week, can lead to destruction. Just look at the frame. Picture those lump, that lumber of the house going up. Look at that frame. There's lots of holes in it, right? Lots of gaps. Lots of empty space. It's not solid. Or think of it as a picture frame. Imagining the life that you've pictured for yourself placed in that frame so nicely. That sweet life that you've dreamed up for yourself. But does that life include Christ in the center of it? In the center of the picture? Is Christ there? If we place our hope in anything in this world, we can expect to eventually be disappointed. At least disappointed. Destroyed at the worst. But if our hope is built on Christ, the song and scripture says, Christ the solid rock we will not be disappointed. Amen? Romans 5, 1 through 5. How am I doing on time? Okay, we're good. I'm going to read a few verses here. Romans 5, verses 1 through 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we exult in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance proven character, and proven character hope. And hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. I love that. Hope does not disappoint. Hope in God will not disappoint. Let me clarify. How do we get this kind of hope? Hope is a gift. That's how we get it. It's a gift. Psalm 119.49 says, For you have given me hope. Given me hope. It's a gift that I receive. Romans 15.13, I'll read it again, our key verse. Now may the God of hope fill you. It's a gift. Fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope. It's a gift that we receive, and it just bubbles over in us. Abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I think author Stacy Thacker said it, said it well. Hope is not a wish or a sprinkle of fairy dust. Hope is a person who loves me and you and all the particulars of our everyday weary lives. 
Hope is a person. Jesus Christ. And in this Christmas season, and really in any season, we celebrate the gift we've been given in Christ. A gift for all the people, it said. Jesus. He is our hope. Jesus is the only hope that truly satisfies. He is the hope that does not disappoint. Colossians 1.27 says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. The hope of glory. And you, you can um, spend a lot of time reading through Scripture this week about the hope. You just look up hope in Scripture. It's full of it. When I first saw the theme this week of seeking hope, my mind immediately went to a song. <laughs> You're not surprised, are you? <laughs> I, I refer to songs a lot and lyrics a lot. They speak to me. But this was a Stephen Curtis Chapman song titled Heaven in the Real World. Anybody ever heard it? Heaven in the Real World. And actually the part that came to my mind is not really even part of the song lyric, but it's a clip that's played as an introduction right before the song starts. And it's from, I guess, a sermon of Chuck Colson. And he says in that, that little clip right before the song starts, Chuck Colson's voice is heard saying, Where is the hope? And that's, I guess, what I've titled the sermon today. Where is the hope? He says, where is the hope? I meet millions of people who feel demoralized by the, by the decay around us. The hope that each of us has is not in who governs us or what laws we pass or what great things we do as a nation. Our hope is in the power of God working through the hearts of people. And that's where our hope is in this country. And that's where our hope is in life. I don't know if you've followed Chuck Colson much, but interesting, interesting guy to uh, read, read some of his, um, his writings on. The song goes on to describe this hope that we have. And without singing the entire song, <laughs> allow me to read some of the lyrics because I think it's something that we really can uh, hone in on and close with today. It goes, where is the hope? Where is the peace? that will make this life complete. For every man, woman, boy, and girl looking for heaven in the real world. To stand in the pouring rain and believe the sun is going to shine again. To know that the grave is not the end. To feel the embrace of grace and cross the line where real life begins. And know in your heart You've found the missing part. There is a hope. There is a peace that will make this life complete. For every man, woman, boy, and girl looking for heaven in the real world. And this is a part I thought was great. Just goes along great with our Christmas, Christmas time here. The next line says, It happened one night with a tiny baby's birth. God heard creation crying, and He sent heaven to earth. Isn't that good? He is the hope. He is the peace that will make this life complete for every man, woman, boy, and girl looking for heaven in the real world. Heaven has come to the real world. He is the hope. He is the peace. Jesus is heaven. Heaven in the real world. I thought that was awesome, awesome lyrics and uh, really speaks to what we're um, talking about today. And at, uh, at the risk of reading too much, <laughs> I got to read this too. This is just from the, um, the back flap of the CD cover on this album. It says, from the front page of the newspaper to the deep hidden corners of the human heart, a cry is going up. See if you can identify with this. It's the searching, longing cry of a culture and in fact a world in crisis. 
Do you sense there's a world in crisis around us? It's a cry, longing cry of a culture and, in fact, a world in crisis saying, where is the hope? Where is the peace? Where is the purpose and meaning for life here in this real world? The answer lies beyond the reaches of governmental policies and great humanitarian efforts, as needed and as good as these may be. It lies in a lowly manger, a cruel cross, and an empty tomb. For it is here that we see the kingdom of heaven bursting onto the scene of what has often been called the real world. Charles Coulson calls it a shining kingdom that reaches into the darkest corners of every mind. A kingdom, listen to this, a kingdom of deathless hope, of restless virtue, of endless peace. God has heard our cry. He has sent His Son, Jesus Christ, and heaven has come to the real world. Now the challenge comes. Now is the time for those of us who embody this kingdom to defend the truth, overcome evil with good, and live lives that proclaim and display heaven in the real world. Where is the hope? Our hope is in Jesus Christ. He is the hope. And even now, after He's gone back to heaven, Christ is still the hope of the world. But now... Things are a little different. What's different now? Who represents Christ in this world? Who represents Christ in this world? Us. The church. The church. The body of Christ. Now we, the body of Christ, offer hope to the world. If He's in you, is He in you? He's the hope of the world. If He's in you, then we have something to offer we have hope to offer that people, to people that we come across. That is, if the hope is shining out of us. That same hope you have in Christ, you can pass on to others. Others who may, at the moment, maybe they feel hopeless. Maybe they feel helpless. Maybe they feel there's no use going on because they can't see any hope. You can be that hope for them. If Christ is living in you. Christ in you can be that flicker of hope that they need to hold on and keep trying. As you live out your faith in a way that's genuine, not sugar-coated, but real. With real challenges, real hard times, those happen, don't they? We're not immune to those things. Those come. As you're living through those things, your friends are going to see how you keep going forward in the midst of all the hard times. Because of what? Because you have faith. You're living your faith and placing your hope in the Lord that He's going to be right there with you. That He's going to never leave you. He's going to see you through. Because your hope is in the Lord and that hope won't disappoint. You can take that to the bank, as they say. He's an everlasting God and your hope in Him is an everlasting hope. 1 Peter 3.15 tells us to always be prepared to give an answer for the reason of the hope that is in you to anyone who would ask. Is your life a testimony of hope in God? No matter what tough times may be going on in your life, never give up. There's always hope when God is around, right? He's the game changer who comes in to save the day just when it looks like all hope is gone. When He steps in like that, talk it up. Tell somebody about it. Your words might be just what somebody else needs to hear to give them the hope that they need in their real world situation that they're going through. As we're living together, as we're coming together during this Christmas time, as we're seeking together 
today. As we're living together in this real world, let's be that testimony of hope to people around us. Let's give our victorious testimonies to each other. They can give hope that God will help. We can experience our gift of heaven in this real world. Jesus, our hope. A familiar verse to you and one I've already read this morning, Jeremiah 29, 11, talks about the hope in the future. We place our hope in the certainty of our future because of His promises. If you're not a born-again Christian, then you have no hope in this present world. Your future is uncertain, and you have no idea what tomorrow may bring. Now, Christians don't know it all either, do we? But there is still hope. As the old song puts it, many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. He holds my hand. Who's the who? Jesus. Jesus. He's where our hope is found. We can place, all, we can place our hope in all the promises of God, one of which, and not the least for sure, is God's promise of the Messiah who would save the world. The one who would take on flesh and dwell among us. Emmanuel, Christ the King, sent from heaven a gift for us. Jesus, our hope. Won't you decide right now? Maybe you haven't decided. Maybe you're watching online. You haven't decided, but maybe you can decide right now, this very moment, to fix your hope on the rock-solid promises of God. To fix your hope on the gift that God gave us in His Son. Place your hope in Jesus. If we're seeking hope this morning, we can look no further than Jesus. We can follow the example of the wise men ages ago who were following the star, seeking the Christ child. We would be wise to do the same. In our search for hope this morning, where is it going to find us? Our hope is in Jesus. Our hope is in Jesus. Let's stand together as uh, the musicians come. Dear God, we're thankful for the great gift you've given us, your son Jesus. God, we are in a hopeless situation where death is just our destiny. We're in a fallen world where the wages of sin is death. God, we're part of that. Death is what we are to expect from being part of this real world. But God, you sent heaven into this real world. You sent Jesus. And he gives us life. God, we're thankful for that life that we have in Jesus, for the hope of life that we have in Jesus. God, I pray if there are any here today that haven't made the decision to place their, their hope in you, maybe they place their hope in a lot of different things in this world, hoping that, that it would provide them what they wanted, would satisfy them in the way that they thought it should, but it just ended up in disappointment. God, I pray that uh, your spirit will speak to their spirit right now and help them to know that they can put their hope in you. And it's not just a, a wish. It's a certainty, a certainty that we have in you, of believing the promises that you've said are true, and we can trust in them for life. God, we're thankful. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's join together singing about this Emmanuel.
Thank you, Brother Scott, for that message. We're glad each of you are here today. Thank you for being with us. Our visitors, we thank you for being here. And please come back and visit with us. Uh, if you would, while you're studying your Bible, praying this week, just have somebody, God, to put somebody on your heart. Give them a call or text them. I know a lot of people don't like to call. They just like to text now. So just remember them, you know, have somebody on your heart to call them and tell them you missed them today if you didn't see them, or you can tell the ones that's here to just appreciate them. So I've got one more thing before we dismiss to our uh, circles before I say the prayer. We hope that each of you are here next week for the second Advent service. Thank you for being here today. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for the hope that we have in you, Lord, through Jesus Christ. Thank you for the love and the blessings that you give to each of us, Lord. And we just ask you to keep your hands on us as we go through this week. Help us to serve and help us to share this hope that you give to each of us, Lord. And we ask this in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs>